is off to the Temple of Speed for the Italian Grand Prix this weekend. Formula One heading to Monza. A chance to see history as Max Verstappen goes for 10 straight victories and the rest of the grid fighting for different positions in both the drivers and the constructor standings. It's the Overtake F1 podcast. I'm Tony Desiri. Thanks for joining us. It's our preview of the Italian Grand Prix. We're going to go over the five things to watch out for this weekend. We're going to take a look at Monza in our track talk segment and we'll have top five and bottom five from the Dutch Grand Prix last weekend at Zandvoort. First, though, a personal note. My family suffered a very sad loss with the death of my mother-in-law, and it was quite a long process. It has kept me off the podcast for some time. I missed the Spa Grand Prix and the Dutch Grand Prix, even the middle of the summer break in dealing with this uh, with this sad loss. But we are back for the Italian Grand Prix and get you all the way through to the end of the season. So thanks for those of you who reached out wondering where the podcast was going. And I appreciate, again, your patience. Please subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star review. Like it. Everything that we always ask you to do on the podcast, it helps the algorithms. It does help us grow. We're in our third season, so we are very excited about the growth of it. Um, Obviously, when we started this podcast, it was 2021, the most exciting Formula One season of all time. Um, Lately, because of Max Verstappen's dominance, it feels like interest is starting to wane a little bit. But I'm wondering after Zanvoort and a lot of the things that are going on outside of Verstappen and Red Bull's dominance, there's a lot of good battles in Formula One that has made this season interesting from that perspective. But we are heading to my favorite event, the Italian Grand Prix. Here are the five things to watch out for. One, his for Max Verstappen. And this is an argument that we could have on a longer podcast of whether or not a dominating season like this is good for the sport or is it does it hurt the sport? Because again, when you talk about predictability and the same thing occurring over and over again and seeing one driver, one golfer, one football team, whatever it may be, win constantly, you wonder how does it affect the competitive balance of the sport if people even care about that at all. But nevertheless, Verstappen is going for 10 straight wins to set a Formula One record. He matched uh, Sebastian Vettel with a victory at Zanvoort and now he's looking to be king of the streak all by himself. He is the defending champion at Monza. There's no reason to bet against him. There's no reason to think that Max Verstappen will not win, but this is the temple of speed. Things can happen. It can happen at every race, but you can see history this weekend by watching the Italian Grand Prix and watching the Red Bull driver cross the finish line with the checkered flag. The second thing to watch out for, this is Ferrari's home race. We lost Imola due to the flooding back in April. This is the first race in Italy for the 2023 season. It's the final race in Europe on the calendar. The Tifosi have not a lot to cheer about this season. They have been a mess as a team, and it doesn't look like they'll impress down the stretch to make up for what I think is a pretty disastrous year. Charles Leclerc's win at Monza in 2019 remains one of the top Ferrari moments over the past five years. Remember that ocean of red as Leclerc stood on that podium with the trophy? I remember it like it was yesterday, but it feels like forever ago. This season, Carlos Sainz is fifth in the points, but he's a good ways back of Lewis Hamilton for fourth, and Charles Leclerc is right behind him in sixth. He's also tied with George Russell with 99 points. He did have a nice podium finish at Spa just before he went to break, but other than that, it's been a pretty rough go. Nevertheless, like other sports, we try to figure out how the home setting will affect teams, and Ferrari and Monza, they go together. It's really no exception. 
despite a season of problems, Ferrari is still just 14 points behind Aston Martin for third in constructors. But that leads us to the number three thing to watch out for this weekend. Fernando Alonso is back. Now, you could say he never really left the season, maybe just had some mid-season struggles, but his podium P2 finish at Zandvoort has the team humming a new tune heading into Monza. Alonso's start to the season was one of the top storylines of the year. He had podiums in seven of the first eight races, but then it started to dry up. He had a P2 at Canada, and that's the last time he had stood on the podium before last weekend's run at the Dutch Grand Prix. He's a two-time winner at Monza. He's currently third in the driver's standings. He's 33 points behind Sergio Perez, 12 points ahead of Lewis Hamilton. And oh, by the way, just an interesting note, he's 51 laps from 20,000 for his career. And one more thing. Number four, Alonzo is high on Williams. Alonzo spoke to Planet F1, and he said that Williams is the team to watch for and could possibly podium on Sunday. That might be a little bit of a stretch, but he loves what Williams has shown. The Williams team and their effort at Zandvoort was a big surprise. Both drivers in Q3, Alex Albon, Al, Alex Albon in eighth place finish, got into the points. And now they're heading to a low downforce track featuring high-speed corners, and the FW45 has done well on the circuits like that this season. Now listen, we love surprises. Okay, maybe some of you do, maybe some of you don't. I like surprises, okay? And I would like to see Williams really, really show up this weekend. Remember last year, Nick DeVries was a huge story after he was filling in for Albon at the Italian Grand Prix. He did so well. He ended up getting a job with AlphaTauri before he was let go this season for Daniel Ricciardo. Maybe it's nothing, but if you're looking for a surprise this weekend, maybe Williams is it. And the number five thing to watch for is McLaren. Now, let me be clear. I've not completely jumped on the McLaren is now a real threat train because they've really looked good over the past few races. Lando Norris took the lead at the British Grand Prix, if you remember that, at Silverstone. That was a great moment this season. Uh, They're getting a lot out of rookie Oscar Piastri. The struggle for the team for most of the season was really hard to watch, but they had felt like they turned some things around this season, right? They got a great points haul at Silverstone. They got a great points haul at Hungary and Spa because of the sprint race that was attached to that and Oscar Piastri doing so well there. They also grabbed some points in that Grand Prix weekend. Um, but you know, they did finish both in the points at Zandvoort, but it wasn't all that impressive. And, you know, we'll get to the top five, bottom five of the Dutch Grand Prix. Rain sort of made a mess of the race, but they want a nice showing at Monza because it's the final European race of the year. And let's just let the Dutch Grand Prix race sort of be the outlier for what has been a very good four or five race stretch for McLaren. So when I talk bounce back here, three races, they've had a pretty good weekend, not such a good weekend at Zandvoort, and now kind of want to bounce back and finish out the European stretch really, really strong. So those are the five things to watch for for the Italian Grand Prix this weekend. Now let's get to track talk because Monza is awesome speed 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 it's simple it's fast it's iconic it's got the great history it's got tremendous atmosphere what more do you want i mean it's got everything it's 3.6 miles long 5.79 kilometers if you prefer that method of measurement 11 corners with a grand prix that will go 53 laps there's two drs zones it's got one of the most famous turns in all of racing parabolica 
the first DRS zone is going to come on the front stretch after you come out of Parabolica to the first corner that runs all the way down to the chicane. So you're going to have a beautiful long front stretch. That's where your first DRS zone is going to be located. The second one is going to come off turn seven. And that is the second of the two Lesmo corners. And that runs downhill under the bridge to the Ascari chicane. So that's your second DRS zone at the track. Formula One has been running at Monza since the inception of this series in 1950. Only Grand Prix, the only Italian Grand Prix not run at Monza was in 1980 when they ran it at Imola. Lewis Hamilton has five wins there during his career. That's tied with Michael Schumacher. His last win was in 2018. But here's something really interesting. Charles Leclerc in 2019, Pierre Gasly in 2020, Daniel Ricciardo in 2021, Max Verstappen in 2022. You pair that with Hamilton in 2018, five different drivers have won races at Monza in the past five years. Right. If there was one circuit that can give us wild results, it's this race. Remember Gasly in 2020 holding off Carlos signs in a wild race. It's how Lewis Hamilton go into the pits when he wasn't supposed to. Right. I mean, remember that. And then in 2021, Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris finished one, two for McLaren. That's when Hamilton and Verstappen battling for the world championship. They made contact in the first chicane. They were on top of each other. Right. And then in 2022, Max Verstappen wins his first Italian Grand Prix and he finishes under a safety car because Daniel Ricciardo's car contact out and they couldn't get it off the track in time. So this has been a wild few uh, moments for the Italian Grand Prix over the last five years, going Hamilton, Leclerc, Gasly, Ricardo, and Verstappen as your winners. Tires for this weekend, C3 for the hards, C4 for the medium, C5 for the softs. This is a low downforce setup, emphasis on speed. The alternate tire session format is going to be used, which qualifying sessions, each one of them will have a determined tire compound that the teams can only use for that session. Uh, this is usually a two-stop race. We might see some interesting strategies on Sunday. Weather does look sunny. Um, it, they, there's some rain that's in the forecast for Friday's early practice session. But other than that, it looks like a very good weekend for the race of the Italian Grand Prix at Monza. All right, let's get to top five and bottom five from the Dutch Grand Prix from last weekend. Uh, I usually go bottom and then top. And by the way, if you're new to this podcast, anything can be a top five, bottom five. It's not just a driver. It can be a team principal. It can be the team. It can be something outside of drivers and the car and whatnot. It can be anything. So let's start with bottom five and work our way up, shall we? Number five, Daniel Ricciardo. Either hit Oscar Piastri or hit the wall. So he hit the wall and suffered a hand injury that required surgery in Spain. Just when Danny Rick was back in the sport and everyone was happy and he was smiling and everyone was excited, we're going to be out a couple of weeks, a couple of races. Liam Lawson will be filling in for him again at Monza. This is a tough break. I mean, literally a tough break for Daniel Ricciardo. Number four, McLaren. I mentioned before, there's a lot of buzz, and rightfully so, because their performance over the prior three races was really good. They started looking good up front, but Zanvoort really didn't work out, despite Norris starting with a P2 start on the grid behind Verstappen. It was a decision not to pit when the rain came early in that Grand Prix after lap one. That really hurt his day, but both drivers did finish in the points. I don't want to make it sound like it was a 
disaster of a day. It wasn't, but there was a lot of momentum for this team. I mean, there was even buzz about challenging Verstappen for a victory at some point later this season. They've really got that car dialed in. And as I said earlier, it could be a blip. They could come back strong this weekend and everything could be back to McLaren's force once again. But this weekend really wasn't uh, their best showing. But the weather was tricky. Three, uh, Logan Sargent. The Great American Hope has not had a good season, okay? It, it is his rookie year, and we can excuse it because it's his rookie year. Now, there's all sorts of rumors about his status with Williams after this Grand Prix this weekend. Could he be replaced for the final eight races of the season? I don't know. His value, though, as an American driver for a new American fan base, that can be debated more on a fuller segment. I've always said I don't think Americans are going to root for an American driver if he's a backmarker driver. They want to root for an American driver who is at least in the midfield or possibly really consistently running in the points. I don't think you just put an American flag on the grid and go, Americans are going to root for him. I I just don't think that works that way. But it's clearly a difficult season for Sargent. He's the only driver scoreless. He did put the American flag in Q3 on Sunday at Zandvoort. That's the first time somebody's done that, uh, put him in the top 10 to start a race since 93, I believe, is what they said. But nevertheless, Logan Sargent had a strong Williams car, but he crashed late, and he crashed in Q3. He crashed late in the race, and it was very disappointing. But nevertheless, he's in our bottom five. Number two is George Russell. This was heartbreaking if you're a Mercedes slash Russell fan because he started third on the grid. It was forecasted a podium, but the team misread the forecast for the weather. They ended up missing out on the tire changes to keep up with the pack when everybody else was coming in. Him and Norris stayed out, and that really set them back. He worked his way through the field again and was very disappointed on the radio because, again, he was... He was predicted to get a podium finish with that car. He touched up with Lando Norris. He suffered a puncture, then finished 17th, and his day was done. But number one in the bottom five is going to be Charles Leclerc. This was a disaster of the weekend. He came in after the first lap to get on intermediate tires, but he surprised the team, and they weren't really ready for those tires. He suffered some floor damage, had to retire from the Grand Prix after making some contact with Oscar Piastri, It was just one of those really, really messy, messy weekends for Leclerc and even Ferrari for that matter. Now we get to the top five. This is the fun stuff. Number five, the weather. Weather gets a top five. Rain coming and going provided a great race. There was strategy, cars making decisions. Were they really beneficial? Did they get hurt by those decisions? You see the rain coming down so hard on the front stretch on lap one. Drivers staying out got hurt once intermediates became the tire of choice. Congratulations, Sergio Perez, for doing that because he was the first one in, came out, started picking cars off one by one to get the lead of the race. Then the weather went, that's enough. We'll dry up. Slicks came back into play. So now you've got other decisions of what type of slicks did you want to use? Like George Russell went with hards, some went with mediums, a lot went back to the softs. And then the rain decided, oh, what the heck, we'll return once again. And they came out even harder, so much so that there was a red flag. You were got you tired. Some tires were on the full wets. I mean, it was coming down in buckets. And then it was red flagged and it came back, um, the, the racing came back, and it was just a just a wild race. A L- lot of strategy, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of movement. 
It was my most fun experience watching a Grand Prix this year. It was really, really, really fun. Number four, Pierre Gasly. Third place finish, fantastic for the Alpine driver. He started 12th, but those tricky conditions made strategy key, and they made the right calls. He actually finished fourth. Let's be honest. He finished fourth. Sergio Perez had a speeding in the pits five-second penalty, so he ends up on the podium. I don't care how he gets on the podium. He got on the podium. And plus, Alpine made a lot of changes with the guys at the top, um, so a podium was really good look for them. Number three, Fernando Alonso. P2. His first podium since Canada. He took the upgraded Aston Martin machine around the rain, was a factor for a podium through the whole race. He managed the early rain drops with, on the slicks with ease. Then he got a great restart when the race was red flagged and they came back because Verstappen was really kind of hesitant a bit. It wasn't like he was tiptoeing around the corners or anything, but he wasn't going at it full throttle. And Alonso right behind him was sort of benefiting from that. And he kept it within a second for a good period of time before Verstappen ended up, you know, clearing him pretty good and ended up winning the Grand Prix. But for a while there, it looked like, well, if you can stay within this, maybe a little Verstappen slip up in the wet might allow Fernando Alonso to get in there. He at least kept that possibility open by staying right behind Verstappen for a lot of the laps um, on the restart. Uh, Number two, I gave it to Alex Albon. I was going to put him at three and Alonzo too, but I think Alex Albon's day was really good. A great weekend for Williams. He got the car P4 uh, in qualifying. He had both him and Sargent were in Q3. And listen, he didn't manage strategy early in the race, um, right, with the, with the rain, but he made up for it. And that is a nice finish. That is a P8 for Alex Albon. And that was one of the surprises of the weekend. One, how good that Williams car was for both drivers and Albon making the most of it. And of course, number one, Max Verstappen. I don't, I want to make this clear if you're new to this podcast, I don't always put the winning driver as the number one top five, especially Verstappen, because there's some races he wins with such ease that I like to give more credit to somebody that got in the points or got in a podium or something along those lines, because Verstappen is just head and shoulders above everybody else right now. I could put him at one all the time. But I think this one was special because one, it's the third straight win at Zanvoort. He's the king of his home country's racetrack. He is the king of the season. It was a very, very tricky race. This was a race where anything could happen, right? This is a race where you could screw up on strategy. This is a race where you could slide off the track. This is a race where that weather could have made it really, really problematic. Make the wrong call on the tires, everything. And Verstappen needed to get that around better than anybody in an unpredictable atmosphere, and he did it. Because he's been doing that all season. So Verstappen is number one in our top five from the Dutch Grand Prix. All right, that's our preview of the Italian Grand Prix for this weekend at Monza. A little review, too, of the Dutch Grand Prix from Zandvoort. I want to thank those of you who did reach out to me wondering where the podcast was. I appreciate your concern, and I appreciate your condolences for the loss of my mother-in-law. We will be coming back next week with a review of the Italian Grand Prix, and like I said, we will take you through to the end of the season. Uh, one other note is Lewis Hamilton and George Russell have been signed by Mercedes through the 2025 season. That locks up a great pair for the team. 
theme. It also sort of unclouds a little bit of Lewis Hamilton's future, which was just naturally a talking point until that kind of got locked up. Uh, there was talk earlier in the season that it was there was a con- I think it was Canada, to be honest with you, where they were going to have a contract done by Canada and they didn't. So now that they've got one, that that talking point can kind of go away a little bit, or at least that that sort of conversation can go away, at least for the next two years. Okay, so finally, we're going to do a podium prediction for the Italian Grand Prix, and I'm going to go with Verstappen 1. I think if anybody does this, you'll take Verstappen 1. That's probably the best bet, given his season so far. I am going to go with Fernando Alonso P2, and what the heck, I might as well do it. Even if you want to give me crap for this, I'm going to go Carlos Sainz P3. All right, I think in front of the Tifosi, Carlos Sainz puts the Ferrari on the podium. I could be wishful thinking. It could be my daydream. I Who knows? But I'm going to go with Verstappen, Alonzo, and Carlos Sainz, your podium for Monza. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review if you like what we've been doing so far this season. And also, again, be on the lookout for the Italian Grand Prix review early next week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Temple of Speed. Again, if you're new to Formula One, and some of you are, really, really watch this Grand Prix. It is the best one on the calendar. It's my favorite race of the year. It's my favorite circuit. I got a lot of great circuits. I love a lot of them, but I, I'm crazy about Monza, so really enjoy it. I'm Tony Desiri. Thanks for listening. It's the Overtake F1 Podcast. 